0: we organize webinars that we are pleased to share on our podcast channel and on our website www.arendt.com Our tax partners recorded a series of webinars to address recent highlights and important developments in the areas of corporate tax and VAT. We invite you to listen to our five webinars entitled Budget 2021 What to Remember Case Law Main Trends Outlaw 2021 EU and International Trends, Transfer Pricing Challenges
1: for 2021, and VAT Update for Private Equity. So, good morning to everyone. Um, and welcome to this last session of our tax uh, webinar organized by Ireland. This one will focus on VAT, and particularly for the private equity sector. Um, As a preliminary remark, uh, of course note that the upcoming slides will be provided to the participants uh, at the end um, of the presentation. Um, As regards this session, uh, you know the time is limited, so we will try to be uh, effective and straight uh, to the point. You could of course contact us later on for more detailed information or assistance. So let's start now with the presentation in itself. Um, The most sensitive VT topic during the last two decades uh, in the private equity sector has been and is still the the problem of the input deduction right for active holding uh, companies. As you know, this topic has been subject to many decisions issued by the ECG uh, since the year's 19th. I think we are around uh, 30 or 40 different cases dealing with uh, these uh, issues uh, of the uh, the deduction right of holding companies. But despite this abundant jurisprudence on this topic, uh, questions are still referred today before the ECG, showing the different types of difficulties of applications by the different member states and by the different uh, national tax authorities, including the Luxembourg Uh, administration Uh, and for example this has been recently proved with the last decision which has been ruled by the ECG in the Sonacom case uh, which has been dated uh, November uh, last year and on which we will come back uh, later on during this presentation. With respect to um, uh, VAT, a distinction needs to be made um, between Passive holding and active holding company. Uh, what is a pure um, uh, passive holding company? It's a holding company, w- which, we, which is known as being a pure shareholding activity. And the mere holding of shares, without any involvement in the management of the subsidiaries, is not and cannot be assimilated to the exploitation of intangible property. Meaning that any dividends generated Are merely the product of passive ownership. And because of this characterization of passive ownership, this cannot be recognized as being an economic activity for VT purposes. Uh, On the other hand, in case of supply of services to subsidiaries, this activity of supplying services to subsidiaries constitutes an economic activity for VT purposes and implying that uh, the holding company, which is involved in such performance of uh, services, would be uh, considered as a taxable person for that purposes. The interest of uh, such distinction uh, uh, is really relevant. Um, the reason is that an active holding company is in principle entitled to an input VAT deduction right. Here the text is very clear, the text of the VAT law, and it's the same for the VAT Directive. Insofar as the goods and services are used for the purposes of the tax transactions, the taxable person shall be entitled, in the member state in which he carried out these transactions, to deduct the following from the VAT uh, for which he is liable to pay the VAT. In other words, in case of a pure shareholding activity, no input VAT deduction right is recognized. On the other hand, in case of a taxable activity performed by a holding company, so in addition to his shareholding activity, in that case, an input VAT deduction right would be open for such type of entities. And this is schematized uh, as follows, um, where you have uh, usual pure passive holding company incurring various costs, accounting, um, administrative, initiation uh, costs, usually speaking. Um, he holds shares in different uh, subsidiaries that he has in the group, and of course, the VT that is incurred cannot be uh, recovered, implying that it has a, di- a direct impact on his PA. On the other hand, if uh, the same holding company is this time Uh, supplying services which are taxable, and these services are supplied to the different subsidiaries, then uh, he benefits from a right of VT deduction on the different costs that he has incurred. The problem is, is this right of deduction uh, full or partial? And this is exactly the difficulties that we have. in implementing these different rules uh, in practice, because actually such type of holding active holding companies um, is engaged in different types of uh, activities. Activities outside the scope of VAT, like the shareholding activity, because the dividends uh, are not subject to that and are considered to be outside the scope of that, so no attachment to uh, to deduction. Secondly, activities falling within the scope of VATs which are taxable and therefore giving rise to a big deduction, like supply of uh, administrative accounting, domiciliation, uh, um, um, or even IT or IP services, licensing. And finally, a third type of activity. Which is activities which are falling within the scope of VT but which are VT exempt without any right of VT deduction. For example, the granting of loans within the EU. This is something which is fully exempt but without possibility to recover on related costs. And you see here that we are facing different mixed activities, some of them giving rights and some uh, others without such a right, implying that the deduction can only be partial, and then the difficulty is to, uh, uh, to implement and to try to identify how to calculate this partial uh, right of deduction. The rules which have been laid down by the ECG in that respect are quite, uh, quite clear. And this is also how the authorities in Luxembourg apply these rules uh, very, very strictly. You need first to allocate your costs. You need to allocate your uh, expenses, depending on whether they have a direct or immediate link with some or more output transactions. And depending on which type of transaction we are talking about, then the consequence on the recovery or on the lack of recovery on these uh, uh, on these uh, 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 costs, uh, will will directly uh, depend on that. And aside this question of direct allocation, we also have to uh, determine. Uh, to recover VT on costs that cannot be allocated. Uh, if you are, if you have the chance to be able to allocate uh, costs, then of course the answer in terms of deduction or no deduction is quite uh, easy and straightforward. But what about the costs that are common to, um, uh, to all the activities? Then uh, how you determine What is the proportion of DVT on your overhead costs that are uh, deductible, and the other ones that are not deductible? Then it's also more complicated in uh, in practice, and then we need some uh, some guidelines. And in terms of guidelines, we miss and we lack this type of uh, of uh, guidelines, uh, both at the level of the uh, EU uh, uh, level for the Court of Justice, or even in terms of directives at the local sites with the Luxembourg that authorities. That's for the, the general um, context. And um, I will now give the word to, um, uh, to Claire, who will just briefly give an overview of the most important uh, cases uh, that has been dealt with by the Court of Justice quite recently on acquisition costs, on uh, abort costs, on disposal costs, and this type of things them
2: So this is a situation where uh, a company uh, acquires um, uh, another company and provides a taxable to uh, that acquired company. In the context of this acquisition, the company incurred some costs, and the question uh, consisted to determine whether an input right could be granted uh, for, uh, for this kind of cost. <clears throat> and so uh, the court considered that such share acquisition cost um, could not be allocated to a specific at- activity and therefore they have to be considered uh, as overhead costs, which are by nature and a direct and immediate link with the overall economic activity of the company. So this means that they exclude a, a-, a link with the shareholder activity. And therefore, once they have uh, assessed that, they consider that <coughs> uh, the input validation uh, of uh, applicable on this cost should therefore depend on the uh, treatment uh, of the economic activities only. So this means that if you have uh, an EU financing activity, which is, for example, of your compensation to an input validation, right? Aside of your taxable activity, uh, you will have to make an apportionment of the cost between these two activities with, uh, for instance, the computation of a uh, co So you will see just after uh, a, a small example of, sort of this kind of situation uh, where you have the uh, share acquisition costs like consulting fees, like lawyer fees, uh, which are incurred by the uh, active which uh, on the other side provides taxable services uh, to the uh, newly uh, acquired uh, subsidiary. In that case, if we consider that uh, the activity of only a taxable equity, uh, a fully put the rights should be applicable on this uh, share acquisition. Code. Yeah. Another another question brought uh, before the court consisted, consisted to uh, determine the exact, uh, uh, the, the, the exact type of services that could be included uh, uh, within the qualification of involvement in the management of the So it uh, it is uh, related to the definition of this concept. And the court considered that this concept should cover any services supplied by a holding company it's a subsidiary, but under certain conditions, which are that the supply is made on a continuous basis, the supply is carried out for consideration, the supply is subject to VAT, and last and lastly, that there uh, is a direct link between the service that there is a direct link between the service rendered by the supplier and the consideration received. And the court also uh, gives some examples of services that uh, could be uh, that could fall within. Uh, this concept. It, uh, for instance, it is the supply of administrative, financial, commercial, and technical services to the subsidiaries. The court even considered that the letting of an immovable property uh, subject to VAT should, consist, uh, should be considered as an involvement in the management of the subsidiary. And so, if you have a full involvement, in that case, you could claim a full VAT valuation. So we have seen uh, the situation of uh, uh, the treatment applicable for the share acquisition cost, the concept of uh, of involvement, and now we have we had the situation of the special involvement. So this is the situation where we have a company, a housing company, which uh, acquires uh, several subsidiaries, which incur costs in that context, but uh, provide uh, taxable services only to some. Of these subsidiaries. In that case, the court considers that such expenditures uh, incurred during the acquisition of these subsidiaries they must be regarded as only partially belonging to its uh, general expenditures. So this means that only input VAT on the part of expenditures that are considered as uh, belonging to the overhead cost. Uh, could be uh, be deducted. As regards the apportionment method, uh, the uh, code leaves to uh, the member uh, states the determination of the criteria. In another case, uh, the question was uh, relating to the abort code. So, this means that uh, you have a holding company which intended to acquire uh, another company, but uh, the uh, uh, the acquisition it, uh, did not occur at the end. And so, for the court, in the context of such uh, intended acquisition, the court considered that when you perform uh, acts with the mere intention to supply management services to the intended target company. This should constitute preparatory acts for a taxable activity and which should be sufficient to, scale, to qualify the holding company as a taxable person already at that time. And therefore, the court considers that such a costs should constitute general, over, uh, general expenditures which are linked to the economic activities of the holding company and therefore excluding a allocation to the uh, holding, uh, share holding activity. And therefore, in that case, who input the election right should be granted in view of the intended taxable activity, and even if the uh, activity uh, did, not, uh, did not materialize at the end. <clears throat> Finally, uh, there, there was also questions raised before the court regarding the shared disposal cost. In that case, we have uh, several cases that have been uh, uh, issued by the court, and we we can uh, we can observe uh, an evolution uh, uh, of the position of the court. At the beginning, the court considered that such uh, costs incur when you sell uh, shares of your subsidiaries uh, should be um, uh, the, the rating liquidity should not uh, uh, be the at all because it should be a, a limit to the sale of shares, which is a, a VAT exempted transaction, which uh, doesn't, does not entitle to any uh, input VAT deduction rights. In the second case, the court made a distinction between uh, costs allocated to the sale of shares and general costs not allocated to a specific transaction. Uh, this distinction was based on the fact that if costs uh, are incorporated in the share sale price, in that case, they are directly linked to a VAT exempt transaction, so that no input in VAT deduction rights can be granted. On the contrary, if costs are not incorporated in the share sales price, they should be considered as overhead costs, which are linked to the global economic activity of the holding company. So this means that the rating input VAT will be deductible depending on the VAT treatment of its economic activity. And finally, the most recent uh, decision issued uh, on this topic, um, the court considers that in principle, such sale of shares should not grant a VAT deduction right on the related expenditures. However, if we can demonstrate that the direct and exclusive reason for the sale of shares relates to the taxable activity of the brand company, a VAT deduction right could be granted for the relative cost. And so the last decision issued by uh, the, the court uh, was on uh, 12 no- November 2020. It is a case of SONACOM. And it concerned the abort costs uh, in a situation quite similar to the Ryanair case. Uh, so, for the context, Sunacom was a, uh, an active holding company which provided uh, taxable services uh, to its subsidiary. Um, in view of a possible acquisition of, uh, of shares in another company active in the telecom sector uh, with intention to, to provide taxable services to this uh, uh, target, uh, Sunacom two, of, two two types of cuts um, firstly, consulting fees for relating to market-to-market uh, market services, and uh, secondly, banking services linked to the funding uh, of such acquisitions, which at the end uh, were used to fund the parent company. Finally, the acquisition did not, uh, did not happen, and SoNAcom uh, still deducted uh, all the input VAT incurred on this cost. Such deduction has been uh, challenged by the Portuguese judicial system, so and the question has been brought before uh, before the court. So the court made a distinction between the consulting costs and the banking services. As regards the consulting costs, the court considered that if the company intended to render taxable services to the target, such costs can be considered as preparatory acts, so that the company should be considered as a taxable person already at that time. And this cost must be regarded as belonging to the general cost. So they should be considered as overhead cost. So that input VAT on that cost should, be in principle, be fully deductible unless some output transactions of the company are VAT exempt. So it would be depending on the VAT treatment of its economic activity. As regards the banking services, which were at the beginning required for the funding of the acquisition, but at the end they were used for the funding of the parent company, as the acquisition did not um, occurred. The court considered that if the services are subsequently used for VAT account activity, which is a financing activity, no VAT deduction rights can be granted for this cost based on the actual use of these services. So this decision is uh, in line with the previous Ryanair case, as uh, so we have the consulting cause. The only uh, thing which uh, is new uh, with, uh, by comparison with the Ryanair case is that you could um, specify in that case the, the interaction between the uh, intention and the actual use of the services uh, acquired. Uh, the actual use prevailing on the uh, uh, initial intention. So,
1: Thank you, Claire. Um, maybe just a few words um, as a conclusion. Um, we can say as a summary that there are a number of tips and tricks for uh, dealing with this idea. Um, first, You need to consider a strategy for the VAT recovery, but at the engagement stage, at the initial stage. That's very, very important. Secondly, you also have to check if input VT is correctly charged, actually. And for example, if a supply at the level of expenses is finally not VT exempt as VT exempt intermediary services, for example. And this is particularly important when you are facing and incurring expenses in a cross-border environment and where it would be the luxco up to the luxco to determine exactly what is the treatment of the cost that he has acquired thirdly you also have to identify the true recipient of the supply and check the contract and engagement letter is consistent with that that's also very important you also need to work out the rationale for battery recovery. As discussed before, uh, no one strategy fits all the aspects. If the holding company is attempting to render management services, we need to ensure that these are genuinely to be delivered and properly documented, because the charge of the proof is up to the LUKE score, up to you. And the more proof you have in your hands, uh, the more easier it would be to demonstrate that to the VAT authorities in case of questions or in case of challenge. And finally, you also have to consider whether any exempt or non-economic activities may require an apportionment to be made so that the VAT recovery is limited or restricted. So in terms of uh, avoid to uh, to abuse in terms of extension of your, of your uh, VT right of deduction. So that was it uh, for this kind of overview of the main uh, the main topics for the battery recovery of uh, holding companies you may have in your uh, in your uh, sector so we are of course open now for questions and an answer question for you and answer for us <laughs> so feel free to to raise your question in the q and a um, in the Q and a part of uh, of the webex So we have, here we have a question um, concerning the intention to provide taxable services to the target entity, how to demonstrate such intention when the acquisition did not occur at the end? So that's a question of how to prove uh, what kind of documentation uh, are you able to put on the table to confirm that the intention that you, that you state is, was effectively the case, especially uh, when you are, uh, let's say, on a situation which is an a, a-, a posteriori uh, situation, a few years after uh, where it is still complicated to gather the different documentation. So that, that's a very good question. Um, and that's typically a question, effectively, uh, that the VAT authorities like to, to raise. Uh, it's always a question of proving your statement in terms of proving uh, what you are explaining to them, you, it's not just a question of words, but it's also a question of facts, and you need to prove that these facts were effectively materialized like that uh, in, uh, in the appropriate period. And, and these type of things are very, very important but because it will directly impact your chance of getting your recovery or not. Um, and how to demonstrate that? Well, by any means of proof, uh, any means of proof you can uh, be able to justify and to prove later on this uh, intention uh, it can be a change of emails even if it is internal between between colleagues it can be minutes of both meetings it can be of course any memo it can be any uh, consultation from uh, from a lawyer or from uh, from a consultant it can be anything but it it should be piece of piece of elements, piece of information that are of course dated at that time and that were effectively sufficiently clear to, uh, to support that, uh, that attention. That may also concern, for example, um, that may also concern, for example, draft contracts. Uh, you intended to supply these uh, taxable services. You prepare a draft uh, of a contract Even if at the end, this uh, contract is not finalized, uh, it remains uh, that this draft uh, was existing and uh, uh, you can still provide it uh, uh, to the VAT authorities to justify that it was effectively your intention at that time. Any, Any other question? No. So we do not see any, no more questions in the Q&A. So if it's uh, if it's fine, we will propose them to close the session now. And uh, just thank you for your uh, for your attendance and, uh, and maybe
2: talk to you talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this webinar we hope you found it interesting should you need more information on our tax expertise we invite you to visit our website www.arent.com. besides you can download our new app arendt insight to keep arendt expertise right at your fingertips around the clock